Chapter 16 of the Story of Garfield by William G. Rutherford. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by William Tomko. The Story of Garfield by William G. Rutherford. Chapter 16 For Flag and Country. Ulysses S. Grant, recruits from all classes, Senator Garfield appointed colonel of a regiment, asking for guidance. The Union was saved, but the struggle was not over. During the earlier years of the war, the strong men of the North had been slowly coming to the front. One of these was a stubborn, silent soldier named Grant, who, after an early training as a military cadet and some experience in the Mexican War, had settled down to a clerkship in a leather shop in Illinois. When war broke out, Ulysses S. Grant recruited a regiment of Illinois men, of which he was made commander and then entered upon that military career which at length ranked him among the two or three greatest soldiers of the age, and finally placed him in the presidential chair. To General Grant, more than to any man, belongs the honor of the triumph of the Federal armies. But Grant was strong because of the innate nobleness of the men he commanded, and the magnificent steadfastness of the people who supported him. That support was given with a liberal hand, probably never since the days when the people of Israel stripped themselves of their jewels to build the tabernacle did a nation contribute of their treasures so eagerly and wholeheartedly as the American nation at this crisis. Private individuals subscribed vast sums of money. Teachers of schools voluntarily gave up a fixed proportion of their salary. Churches and societies made regular collections. Farmers carried their produce into the camps, and women devoted their skill to nursing the sick and wounded. The highest honor that men could claim was to serve in the ranks of the army, and rich and poor alike shouldered the musket and slept side by side upon the field of battle. On one occasion, the money which was needed for the pay of a New England regiment was delayed, and it was feared that the families of the soldiers, as well as the soldiers themselves, might in consequence be placed in distress. Elias Howe, the inventor of the sewing machine, who was serving as a private in the ranks, stepped forward, pulled out his checkbook, and wrote on the spot a check for 20,000 pounds, which he handed to his colonel for the use of his comrades. The army was composed not only of the strongest, but also of the noblest men of the nation. Ministers led their congregations into battle. Teachers gathered their young men together and went with them to fight for the country. And among the first of these, James Garfield, the young principal of the Hiram Institute, marched at the head of a hundred students of his college, and with their help gained the earliest victory of the federal army. When Fort Sumter fell, Lincoln, as we have seen, appealed at once for 75,000 volunteers. The call, which was read in the various states, was heard in the Senate of Ohio, of which Garfield was a member. The moment that the President's message had been read, Garfield rose to his feet and moved that Ohio should contribute 20,000 men and about a million of money to the war. The motion was received and passed with the heartiest approval, and the young senator was at once appointed to serve in the new army. He raised two regiments, of one of which he was made colonel. This was work in which he had had no previous experience, yet he soon proved himself a master of the business. Commander, officers, and privates were all alike raw recruits, but Garfield soon drilled both himself and his men into shape. 
As a skilled carpenter, he could handle a workman's tools. He made a number of models and blocks, and with these he studied the art of war. Then he taught his officers as he used to teach his classes, and so, by sticking to his old principles of thorough, he soon produced a regiment second to none in the Northern Army. Garfield's duty in the first place was to help to keep the state of Kentucky out of the hands of the Confederates. At Middle Creek, on January 10th, and again on the 17th at Prestonburg, he defeated General Marshall. In his regiment, he had a number of his own Hiram boys, over whom he watched as an elder brother. The affection of the young men for their friend and teacher was unbounded, and with him to lead them, there were few perils from which they shrank. Garfield had not taken up the trade of a soldier for pleasure or for personal ambition, but out of a stern sense of duty. Brave and resolute as he was, he was still more remarkable for the genuine kindness and even tenderness of his nature. Before going into the war, he was deeply concerned for his mother and for his wife and child. If his life were taken, there was no provision for these dear ones. The night, therefore, he volunteered, he took his mother's Bible and sat down to read, determined to let the voice of God speak to him on this momentous matter. He had not long to wait. As he read and meditated, he could hear one solemn voice speaking all the time in his heart, like the voice which fell upon the ear of the Hebrew captain, bidding him go forward to fight, as he said, for his country and for human right. End of chapter 16. Recording by William Tomko.